Um, all right, I had told you we're going to do something. However, we are. I'm, I'm, I want to delay it. Okay. Um, because I wanted to make sure that this thing is a bit slanted too. We need to make it straight, as much straight as the whole the whole tripod is slanted. Yeah. The whole the whole thing. Lift the whole thing with your hands, and then put it in the middle. Make it as straight as possible. Yeah, that works. Okay. All right. All right. Today we're going to cover the Shema of the Prophet because on Tuesdays, what we like to do is something a little bit different, right? Uh, and Tuesdays, we always want to explore something that we haven't explored before. So today we're going to talk about the Shema of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And you can get a book on that topic from none other than mecca books oh and the mic is not put, put into there that mic needs to be going to that phone okay so next uh is that we want to talk about as we said the shema'il of the prophet today and we have two guests we got ammar and we got suhaib allahu akbar suhaib is here now we're, what we're going to talk about today is a famous hadith of umm zara this is a famous hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. It was not even from the Prophet, it was from Sayyidah Isha, with the Messenger, peace be upon him. Sayyidah Isha is telling a story of the Prophet to the Messenger, peace be upon him. And in this time, that the Prophet used to sit with her every night. So his sunnah, the Prophet's sunnah with his wives, is something called musamara. Musamara is the concept that... Uh, the Prophet is sitting with your spouse at the end of the night after Aisha. So the Prophet used to only do a limited number of things after Aisha. Well, there's a practical reason and there's a spiritual reason. So it is part of our deen that after Aisha be limited, the things that we do. It's not like makru or haram, but the Prophet used to only do either seek, uh, teach if people needed to learn. Or he used to deal with the affairs of the Ummah with Abu Bakr and Omar. Or he used to sit with his wives. Okay. And so that's what the messenger, peace be upon him, used to do. And, uh, well, if you think about it, that's also what the messenger used to do all the time. Right? So when they limited to that, like, what else was the prophet doing? What could you do at night? You can't even do anything at night. Right? So, but in, there is also hadith that bring your children in when it gets dark. Another mention of that, the dark is for the shayateen. Making the shayateen come out in the dark. So we're actually not encouraged to spend a lot of time up late at night. In Tareem, they always go home after Maghrib, right? In Tareem? In Tareem. I don't know what their actual lifestyle is, but the students of knowledge, they review between Maghrib and Aisha. After Aisha, they have a few minutes. It's almost like Musamara. Well, when I was there, that was like 20 years ago. 22 years ago when I was there. So you'd have to ask someone who'd been more there, you know, more recently. But when I was there, there was a juice shop. And what you would do is after Aisha, you would just uh, have some juice for maybe 20, 30 minutes with the, with the brothers there. And then you'd go to sleep, right? There wasn't much activity and they didn't allow much. There wasn't much to do. Even if you left the building, what was there to do, right? So I think that today people don't really do much after Aisha besides scroll on their phone. And that's a really terrible habit for your for your sleep. I've talked to a lot of people that their sleep habits are just in a disaster because of the cell phone, right? And because of the computers. 
they're just on it all night and uh so but the prophet's habit sallallahu alaihi wasallam was to sit with his wives and they would talk so one of these things is that he would listen right he would just listen to whatever they wanted to speak about and it wasn't always a matter of seriousness or deen and this hadith indicates that because it's actually pretty funny that this Umuzara talks about this hadith of Umuzara, Sayyidina Aisha tells the Prophet a story. And this story is about okay, um, a woman or 11 women and their husbands. Okay, Each one, I guess this is like uh, they're sitting complaining about their husbands. Now, by the way, this is like I guess this happened, but it's not halal. It's not allowed for a woman to go complaining about her husband to other men, unless she needs it for like therapy. It's also not allowed for a man to talk about his wife to other men, women, right? uh, to other men, even his brothers. You can't say like, "Oh, my wife went this and she she wears this and did that." That's her like aura in a sense. Her privacy is like aura. You're not allowed to do this. So Umar Zara says, "My my husband was Abu Zara, and how can I praise Abu Zara?" He made my ears bow with jewels. In other words, the earrings that she wore were so heavy. Okay. Okay. He made my sides okay, full of fat. In other words, like her ribs don't show anymore because she's not skinny. She has food. So he's a provider. He's pra praising him for being a provider. He kept me so happy and contented that due to self-admiration and haughtiness, I thought I was virtuous. Like he fattened me up so much. In other words... It, it, with his, his his provisions and his uh, whatever he provided and everything that um, it, she got to her head. She's basically admitting that it sort of got to my head. He found me from such a poor home. Now, there was I was a poor woman and I live with hardship. I only owned a few goats. From there, he brought me into such a prosperous family. We own horses now, camels and oxen for plowing. And gardeners, and we own all types of wealth. Okay. Besides this, now some people think that this is not important. It is important. Comfort makes people happy. Stuff makes people happy. Whether you, why did the Prophet say, Tahadu, Tahabu? Give gifts, you'll love one another. Tahadu is the, is the, is the action, Tahabu is the result. You will love one another. So people do love each other through material gifts. It's a symbol. And it's also human nature does love other clay things. We're made of clay. We're made of matter. We love other material things, right? That's a material. I guess it comes from the word matter, right? So we're made of that. So we love that. The angels, for example, don't love that. They love what they're made out of, light. So their nourishment is, is thicker. The nourishment of angels is thicker. Okay, so... If you give gifts to people, it doesn't mean that they're not righteous people or they're all materialistic. Tell me something. If someone guy gave you $10,000, you're not going to love him a little bit more? You're going to, right? Only question is, like, we should be in control of our feelings towards material uh, wealth and that our love for deen and akhara should be greater. That's really the only thing that the Prophet Sallallahu brought. He didn't bring socialism. He brought, he didn't bring like the Marxism and this, or asceticism of the Christians. He simply brought that you should love the Akhirah more. And when some Sahaba experienced spirituality, they so loved it so much more, they simply just ignored the dunya. Examples of Abdullah bin Amr ibn As. When he tasted the spirituality that the Prophet brought as a young man, he simply just, he didn't believe or have a 
a, a doctrine or something that this stuff was bad. He just lost interest in it. Like, this is so much better. This this spirituality is so much better. I don't want a distraction from that. He basically stopped eating, praying all night. His wife complained. And his wife said, he eats, he prays all night. In other words, I don't have a companion in my bed. And he fasts all day. I can't even eat with him in the morning, right? Yeah. I, we can't have breakfast. And he's, he's up all night. So the Prophet ﷺ advised, sorry, this was Uthman ibn uh, Mad'un. The Sahabi Uthman ibn Mad'un, his I wife. Was, I think it was Amr ibn Al-As. Abdullah ibn Al-As? Abdullah, yeah. He, him too? I think it was him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then uh, the Prophet ﷺ said, I fast and I break my fast. I sleep and I pray. In other words, because yeah, your wife, right. and in another hadith, one Sahabi said to another, he said, your body has a haq over you, your family has a haq over you, right? So these things, haq meaning a right, they have a right over you. This And this Sahabi had to be reined in multiple times. So like yeah. it was, there was that with his wife. There was also the hadith about uh, fasting, fast three days, then fast yes. every other day. That was him too. The, the hadith about the uh, Quran. Like, don't recite it more than every three yes. years. That's also him. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Amr ibn As, because he tasted the right thing. And when he tasted that in his heart, he could, no material thing could ever compare to it. Like, you would never sacrifice that for a material thing. That's what Imam Haddad says when he asks, How do I know my dhikr has been accepted or that I'm doing dhikr properly? He said, The least is that you would never trade the taste of that for anything. And that was uh, what they tasted in their heart. So it's not the Prophet didn't have to go preach anti-dunya. He didn't have to preach it to, the, to these Sahaba, maybe to others. But as soon as they tasted the sweetness of this dhikr, they, uh, uh, of, the, of the ibadah and of the deen, they ignored the dunya. So some people, that's remember we said this Thursday, some people, they have to be told, go and take some dunya, right? They have to be told to. And others, you have to... Uh, warn them against the dunya. Now, so material thing does have, it has an impact on people. We can't deny that. And this woman, she's just on the fitra and she's like, I'm so happy. I love this man because my dunya is really good. But now if your dunya is good, but you're mean or you're a jerk, you would still hate the person, right? So this is why she says, after all of this, he was extremely good natured, right? So, well, what is the good nature here? Now, you know, the automat they found this valuable because these things are good. These are good qualities. He what, what was the, Why was he a, a, of a good nature? He did not criticize me for anything that I did. He didn't criticize me. Like he didn't say, oh, this is, you're, you're not dressed nicely. Your cooking is this. The house is a mess. He didn't criticize. Okay? For whatever, uh, I, I know some people get triggered cooking, like as if, you know, this is, yes, most people, women cook. Like, are we going to go so far from the fitra? And from, from actual lived life and pretend and then monitor our speech for, by the way, a people, a group of people who don't exactly have the most exemplary family lives, right? You would not want to trade your family life with theirs. The people who want us to, to monitor our language and our tongues and, and uh, ignore this reality that women, wives in homes tend to like cooking for their families. Guys in homes tend not to, right? And they don't do a good job at it. Is, have things changed? Is my generation now, like, I'm only, I'm not even old, right? At least that's not been my experience. <laughs> that, that hasn't been your experience. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't give my wife a Pop-Tart. Like, I mean... I, huh? I, I, Wait a second, you're, you're, so you're, you're, your mom in your household, she did not enjoy cooking for the family? 
Yeah, but my mom is different, though. Like, my, my family situation is really different. I'm Don't not, take that as an example. This is not a private thing, I think. <laughs> Maybe it's too private. You're in your family is so far off. I'm not saying what she's obligated. She's not obligated to do anything. No, Doesn't no, she it's, enjoy it? It's Yeah, it's it, that's really what it is. It's She like, enjoys it. It's very much, it's like you're always going to be fed. Even when you, when you don't want to be fed, that's less Bro, important. You know? if, <laughs> I, if I said, to, you know when I cook, when I sit with my mom to eat, my mom, same thing with my wife. Sometimes I don't praise the food. Just, oh, you like it? Take some more, right? <laughs> right? I, th- I, so, think, I think this is our favorite. That's when I was young, right? When I was young, that's how it was with my mom. Right um, nowadays, if I go into the kitchen and I'm moving around, it's like I'm in someone else's backyard. Like get, I'm like shoot <laughs> away, right? This is my zone. Yeah, I'm yeah, doing, yeah. Wait, if I if I if I, if I put a, a plate together, I might get told yeah. something, right? I might get told something. So uh, I'm I'm saying this because just the fact that we're saying we mentioned the word that she's she he doesn't criticize her cooking or her dressing. It, we can't go so far from the fitra and actual live life that cooking and wives and women cannot even come together. What's wrong with it, right? What's bad about it, right? I'm, we're not saying it's obligatory or it's the only thing that defines their existence, right? We're not saying any of this nonsense. Anyway, the people who are criticizing this, I don't know about your family life and I probably wouldn't want to live it, right? Because is there even a family life, right? Most of the people who preach this stuff, they're single, right? Mm-hmm. They're single. So I'm not interested in, in what you have to say about the subject because you haven't lived it. Anyway, um, there's a there are a lot of people. They're involved with family discussions and children who don't have family and don't have children. You ever notice, like, why are the transgenders always so interested in kids? Why are the gays so interested in Disney? Your lifestyle does not, it doesn't result in kids. Why do you want to deal with our kids right i'll tell you why because that lifestyle is going to die off right with you so you have to go and and fish for other people's kids to recruit to your lifestyle right right or wrong isn't that it it's because they're that way of living you don't have kids what's your business with other people's kids why are you guys 27 year old guy going working in a kindergarten or a library reading kids to books to kids when you don't have kids, you're that's like creepy. If a single guy did that and he was straight, we'd have an issue with that. But when they do it in a library and they're dressed up like this, I mean, you, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm referring to uh, one guy who does this. There's a lot of guys who do this. They dress up basically as completely like drag queens, basically. Uh, and they go to the library and the, and the, and the library welcomes him for diversity. And he's reading a book on this topic to kids. Your lifestyle doesn't produce kids. What's your interest? Because deep down, this your whole philosophy ends when you die. You don't pass it on to anybody else. If I went around to other people's kids and talking to other people's kids in the masjid, that would be like an alarm bell should go off, right? <laughs> I talk to my kids, and maybe if my kid has a friend, I'll talk to that kid. And maybe if I know them as family friends, the mats, assalamu alaikum, and a little nice jacket, nice shirt. Haven't seen you, blah, blah, blah. Maximum, out loud, in front of the people, right? Stay away from other people's kids. These, uh, libraries uh, invite Nithavis who like to cook. To- <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? That's true. Like, how? Di- where, where's the diversity, right? Uh, it's, why is diversity only, like, one thing? Uh, so, anyway, all this was a little rant because there's, we're, like, triggered if cooking is mentioned with wives and women. 
uh, where, okay, I'm sorry you're triggered. Actually, I'm not sorry you're triggered. Be triggered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It's, it's We are getting, our language is so policed, so far beyond normal everyday live life and fitrah mm -hmm. that, you know what, I, I don't need to do this. I don't need to. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not allowing my language to be policed like this. You don't like it. Don't like it. Uh, all right. Next topic. He says here. Okay. That they had so much wealth. He was good natured. He never criticized anything. And if I did something wrong, he didn't scold me. Okay. He didn't scold me. Okay. Because now that something in our orf, in our orf, we wouldn't scold. Uh, our wives in our country and our of meaning our custom it's almost like an equal relationship in the sense of it's almost like your friends right what is your friends with a little bit more but you don't there's not this uh almost like a daughter relationship whereas i think that in the old world even in some places still now i think it's um mother is above you your sister is probably an equal to you your daughter is of course under you as a, as, a, as a father in terms like a subordinate and your wife is something in the middle she's not even like equal to you in many cultures and she's not your daughter she's actually a little bit in the middle and it's almost like he is some in, in many of these cultures and apparently this is one of them where like there it's it's very clear the hierarchy between the two I think that actually makes like things like polygamy more socially acceptable. Yeah. Whereas like if you're equals, mm -hmm. right, then it's like polygamy becomes a problem now. Yeah. If you if we're friends, right, and then you can have an extra friend yeah. with a little extra. Yeah. Why can't I have an extra <laughs> friend with a little extra? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean it, it doesn't fly. Power dynamics are different in every culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, I think the the relationship in those cultures or at that at those times was more of benefaction and patronage than it was like, totally, you know, totally. You're what? saving them. Yeah. yeah exactly. If your dad died in an old culture, who do you have? An uncle, a brother? So the husband now he's taking over physically. Now that's I've said this many times. We have no use anymore as husbands. It's true. Like our we have our use has been cut down to like uh, in all abstract things: companionship, emotional support. A little bit of like moral support help out with a little bit of things here and there but the actual use that of let's say uh, uh, uh the actual function in our physical material lives has been lost and that's why it's frustrating like your use isn't you're not that useful she can go on without you this is the truth physically speaking physically maybe not emotionally and she likes you emotionally she likes you or as companionship but physically speaking most women they just go on right and that's a that's that's why there's an issue with marriage that's why marriages a lot of them times they just don't work because there's actually no need to make it work whereas in the past if there's meat on the table i either hunted that slaughtered it right in the old days that's something that you wouldn't want to do <laughs> right if you uh what the, the wife would not want to do that she wouldn't maybe be able to do that yeah. go out in the woods for five hours with my bow and arrow waiting for the deer, right? That's another thing you're going to get canceled for. <laughs> what, <laughs> eating a deer? Be, no, they have to be out there with the bow now. <laughs> so back in the, or slaughtering a cow. Do you know what a headache it is to yeah. slaughter a cow? Even the guys, they don't do it right anymore. Do you ever see the, the, the video in Egypt when they tried to slaughter the cow? When they pull the legs? Well, they, they tried to slaughter a cow in an alley next to a window, right? 
and they, they go up to the cow and they try to slaughter the guy and the cow bucks and he jumps and he jumps into the woman's house. <laughs> he jumps into the woman's house, right? You, all you hear is glass and screaming. <laughs> That's all you hear. Literally, the whole the cow is half slaughtered, right? He jumps into the house, right? Into the window. And back in those days, or not back in those days, it's this is last year, last Ramadan, uh, or Eid al Adha. It's it's uh it's the in this in, in Upper Egypt, south part of Egypt. The house is just uh, the window is just a wooden panel. Mm. You've seen these before, right? It's just a wooden panel. He breaks through the wooden panels. He's bleeding, gushing into the living room, right? And the woman, poor woman is screaming her <laughs> lights out, right? Uh, and the cow, because he's being slaughtered, right? He jumps, an amazing jump, into the into the house. The cow jumped over yeah, the moon. Yeah. The cow jumped over the moon, okay? This is the real thing. He jumps into the house, and all you hear is the woman screaming, kids running like crazy. And, and it must be so fun for the kids, right? And then you hear the furniture. <laughs> right destroyed. they destroyed the whole house because that cow is bleeding everywhere he's going to bleed out eventually right but that's going to be blood everywhere okay so so it's a headache to slaughter a cow all right so what what use do we have okay. physically speaking maliki click said he brought down a buck eight years ago with a wow with a bow and arrow he brought down a buck took him three days of tracking and setting up for the kill yeah that's crazy <laughs> Yeah, I used to sell the scents and everything. Most women, they don't even want to deal with the scents. You got like, you got bottled urine everywhere. Oh, there's, it's a, it's a mess, man. It is a mess. And then uh, all that stuff that about security, like we have such secure borders now. Back in the day, you, you didn't have secure borders. There, theft, crime was so easy back in the day. Before the FBI and before <laughs> uh, fingerprinting and all that stuff and all the technology that came in the time of J. Edgar Hoover. And now with uh, DNA testing, you can't get away with anything. And now with the tracking, how do you get away with anything? You have to be a nerd who does cyber crimes, right? You can't get away with anything. Everything's recorded. You're is that, tracked. Is that like an old school criminal? It's terrible. Bro, in the good old days, bro, in the good old days, People used to, mafia used to get away with murder just yeah, yeah, so yeah. easily, okay? And the cops would never keep up. There were guys, really simple. You kill a guy, you throw the gun in the river. He's never going to find it. The cop will never find it, right? And I'm thinking to myself, that's it? That's all it took back in the day? Even if they found the gun, they can't fingerprint it. So things were not secure. You had to be, you had to have security, right? So what did, what did we talk about? Security and food. That used to be a guy's job, and it's not anymore. So when I come home from work, my wife comes home from work, I think to myself, she works in the Islamic school, okay? So she comes, I know what that kind of work is, in a sense, it's, it's it, you're dealing with people all day long. Very similar to what we're doing here. Actually, this is way more relaxed. Like, I don't know how she tolerates. Pa pa parents, they become different people. When you deal with people's kids, they're different. Like if I ever dealt with your kid, you'd be different. You'd be like way more cautious. I, I'm annoyed by those parents. You know what my dad used to do? When he used to take me to a teacher, to a soccer coach, he said, here he is. Um, the skin is yours. The bone is mine. That's what he used to say. That was the old thing, right? That means there would never be a time that I would be able to get my parents to side with me against the authority. Figure. Yes. Oh my that God. would no, never that's, happen. Right? 100% my experience as well. <laughs> it would never, ever, ever, ever happen, right?
I don't care what happens. The authority figure is going to be, I guess authority figures got so abusive now that people don't trust anyone anymore. I guess that's what yeah, happened. People just have a problem with authority nowadays, period. Yeah. Authority, just, period. I think that's what it is. Hierarchy, social hierarchies, yeah. you know, like work-based hierarchies. Why are certain people making more than everyone else? Yeah. Economic hierarchies. Yeah. They go on and they whine and whine and whine. And I'm thinking to myself, man, the, some of these people, they really become a different creature when it comes to their kids. Okay. So, but anyway, point being, when we come home, I'm thinking to myself, like physically speaking, we, we physically did the same thing. She's as tired as mm -hmm. I am. Whereas in the, back in that time, if you went out and you farmed all day or you went trading all day, you physically did not have the same day as your wife. Things were different, right? So today, it's, it's pretty much physically, you had the same exact level of tiredness, right? Unless she doesn't work. Okay, now, next thing. And even today, when a woman didn't work in the past, like her, her, her she had neighbors, right? Yeah. There's, there's plenty of socialization. Mm -hmm. If you're in the suburbs today and you don't do anything, right, and your kids are at school, I always wonder, like, what you, you can potentially get really lonely, potentially, right? Yeah. It's very different. Anyway, here we go. Next thing she does. I sleep until late in the morning. There we go. That's the answer, right? What do they do? This is what Omazara says. I sleep late into the morning and no one is allowed to wake me up. Wow. That's why she loves her husband, right? I would love him too if I lived like this. I got money. I got food. No one says a word to me and I sleep all day. Okay. Food is so abundant that when I fill my own stomach, okay, I just leave it. Okay, and it never gets finished, right? Now, there's always leftovers. Okay, that is Um Zara talking about Abu Zara. Now, the mother of Abu Zara, the mo the mother-in-law. All right, here we have discussion about the mother-in-law. In what manner can I praise her? Her huge bowls were always full. In other words, she's a very spacious mother-in-law, uh, a very generous mother-in-law. Many mother-in-laws. I don't know what happens to them. They get jealous yeah. for their yeah. kid. Okay. I mean, I'm not a, a mother-in-law, so I wouldn't know. Her house was very spacious. The house is vast. She was very rich. And according to the habit of women, all right, she was not a miser. So she was a nice, gentle mother-in-law. That's why the son is nice and gentle too. By the vastness of the house... All right, visitors were always entertained, so that means we have company. There's sometimes you could be rich, you could be a nice guy, but you could be a bore, you have no friends, and you and the family life is, is, is terrible. Ryan, were you gonna say something by the way? Okay, it looks like you had your finger on the butt. Uh, it says here that, but they were they were always had guests, in other words, they were social because you could actually pop, have a lot of good stuff going on in your life, but your life is boring, the family's just uh, really. Really boring. And by the way, those those people who create the stable environment, they tend to that. They tend not to be. No, there. I guess there could be in the middle people who are very stable but also social at the same time. All right, let's let's continue on. He says here, or she says. Now the son of Abu Zara, so she married this man, and he had a son. How can I praise him? He was a light upon light. He was so thin and skinny, okay, that his ribs would show. 
like a like branches. Yeah. A side of a lamb was enough to fill his stomach. That means he barely ate. Okay. He ate from a small plate and he was not demanding. Because stepson relationship is a relationship, by the way. The stepmother is a type of mother. And the stepson is a type of son. It's just, it's not the same as the biological, but in the Sharia and in what we consider, it is a, a type of mother. You have to respect her. Yes, she's not your biological mother, but you have to respect her. Uh, she's not a regular old woman. Uh, likewise, the son, the stepson, he's she's not a regular person. There's a relationship. You cannot marry. Therefore, there's a special relationship there, even in respect. Not just that you can't marry. In respect, in treatment, in love. There should be a special relationship there between step-parents and step-children. He says here, he was very simple in his eating habits. In other words, his eating habits, neither did he eat so much that you that the house is never filled. Do you ever have like families where the fridge is just backspaced every deleted every day? It's like you put the food in and it's deleted. There is a family there. Uh, I had four boys. My best friends were four boys, right? There, there was the mom and the grandma. And that fridge, when it would get stocked, it would be literally empty by half the day, half the day, right? <laughs> it was an army. And it was the mom and the grandma. May Allah have mercy upon her, right? The mom is still alive. The, I think the grandmother's still alive too. But subhanAllah, when they would, the guys, each one of the guys would bring their friends over because they had no sisters. So all the guys could go there and not worry about anyone wearing hijab, right? All you had to worry about is just the mom and the grandma. And the grandma was older, so she would just uh, get, uh, hug us, everything. She's older, of course. She's allowed to do that. They was like cooking for an army. It was like a restaurant. Vats of food. Vats, right? And they would say, what is this? An army, right? Because each one of the brothers would bring his friends over in the summertime, and we would just, it was a frat house. Right? Uh, with all the good connotations. I don't know if there are any good connotations, but meaning that it was a guy's house, the dad would come home from work, look at the scene of all these kids, and just go straight upstairs. <laughs> he would every day do the same thing. He'd take a nap. He'd come down, have his... He, he worked in New York. Psh, hour and a half commute. Work in New York, hour and a half back. Okay. Come down in his, like, uh, PJs, basically. Have his dinner. Then go back upstairs. Then change again. Okay. Sit down for tea. And then go down to the masjid for Aisha. Hang out with the brothers there. In the masjid for Aisha, listen to a talk or something, come back, sit again on the couch with his wife and his mom. And then that was it. But when we were there, we literally took over the house because there was no, it was the only house that we could go to and there was no girls, right? Yeah. No sisters that we had to worry about. Uh, so we would just tear up the, 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 the food in that house. But she's saying now, he was not demanding, okay? He was not demanding in his, in his eating habits. So then she said... Um, he slept in a small place. In other words, he's not demanding in his space. He doesn't like take over the house. Like some people, they take over the house. It's like their stuff is everywhere. No, he only kept a small uh, part of the house. Right. He ate like a soldier, meaning he didn't require spices. And I know some guys, they used to tell me, we don't ever eat leftovers. I was like, what? Like, I don't know about you guys' family, but we would cook, let's say, and that food would be like maybe two, three days. Then we'd cook something else. We'd eat that for two, three days. I think that's how all households operate. You don't cook every single day. But this one Egyptian guy, I know, he says 
in our house, we don't eat leftovers. It's like, what are you, kings or something? (laughs) (laughs) This is bizarre. Okay, next. In the same manner, he ate simple food, but befitting a warrior, two or three pieces of meat was enough. Now, the daughter of Abu Zarah, how can she be praised? Now, she has a stepdaughter, too. Now, you got a stepmom or a mother-in-law, a stepdaughter, a stepson. This is a recipe for problems, but she's so happy. Why? Because the character of this family. All right, what about her? She obeys her mother and her father. So there's another wife, right? She's a good daughter. She obeys her mother and her father, right? That's another word I guess you're supposed to never say. Obey, obey. Well, tough luck. She obeys her mother. I like kids who obey their parents, personally speaking. If I say you need to sleep at 9 o'clock, there's a reason I said that, right? So sleep at 9 o'clock. If you don't sleep at 9 o'clock, you're causing me to exert more effort, right, than I want to. There's a price for that, right? If I say finish your homework by 5 o'clock, there's a reason because we have order. 5 o'clock, then we go to practice, then we come back and we have dinner or vice versa. There's a reason for all this stuff, okay? And eventually they should be able to do it on their own. But there's reasons sometimes, like when you're raising somebody up, there's reasons why you tell them to do certain things. It's not just for fun and for, for the sake of, for the, especially when you have a lot of kids. When you have a lot of kids, you have to be like a symphony orchestra person or a military person where, okay. where I need to do five things here today and I have 90 minutes to do them. If one of these kids is delayed five minutes, it throws the whole thing off which means I'm not going to be to the masjid on time, which means the students are going to be waiting, okay? So I need five things to get done in 90 minutes. So if I tell you, uh, I'm going to pick you up, you need to be at the door at this hour, literally at the door. There's, you can't wait. Firstly, I'm taking you. You're lucky I'm taking I don't have to take you to practice. I don't have to take you anywhere. We have to remember that. Parent is not a servant. So all this stuff, when you say to be obeyed, there's a reason, right? Go to any CEO and ask him if he doesn't like to be obeyed, right? By his, his, go to any manager. They might not say that word, but they know it and they want it, right? So sometimes when you give an order, it needs to be followed. And it's no, there's, there's no problem in, 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 in that. Like, uh, this is, again, one of those silly and ridiculous things that were pro- politically correct that we can't say. But in actual real world, go to any uh, uh, institution. Are you telling me that nobody's saying that this is what you have to do to anybody else? Of course, it's ridiculous. Everyone is saying that. Every, from the military to a corporation to a hospital, you have to do this. You have, your shift is from 5 a.m. You know, to 3 p.m. That's how life is. Why is it when it comes to the household, everything has to be flipped upside down? All right, next thing. She obeys her mother. She is, she is healthy. She's fat and healthy. Mean fat meaning like she's not skinny because that back in those days you're, you're always poor, right? Everyone's poor, so to not have your ribs showing was a sign of, of wealth. Okay, and a jealousy for the second wife. The second wife feels jealous of on her excellence. Among the Arabs, it is desirable that a man be thin and tall because it shows he could do things, and it's desirable that a woman have her ribs not show. Of course, this is just talking about like what is healthy in those days. <sighs> All right, and what about the servant girl of Abu Zarah? Now, Abu Zarah has a servant girl. 
She never gossips about her house affairs because if you have people working in the house, they go and they gossip about what happened in the house. She did not even use the eat without permission. In other words, she didn't use the food without permission. One time we, we had a babysitter. Mashallah, a, she would feed our kid, right? And we would have trouble. You know how it is feeding a, a one-year-old or a two-year-old. It's like playing games. You got to make sure he eats this much of food, right, for his lunch, this much, this container of food. We came back. Like, uh, actually, we would we would always have them like downstairs, and then my wife would work upstairs on her dissertation or something, whatever. And we came one day. My wife comes down, and the baby has eaten everything. The the, the container is empty. She's like, "Wow, she's good. She knows how to feed the kid." Next day, same thing. Third day, walks by, sees the lady eating the food. Right? <laughs> it was a girl, and 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 she was a young girl, and not young, but she's like a, probably early twenties. She's eating it herself. He's like, oh, well, if he doesn't eat it, you know, I'll just eat it. <laughs> she was fired, right? Fired. Okay, next. She never gossiped, and she didn't eat the food of the house without permission. She did not let the house become dirty and untidy. She kept it clean. In other words, she did her job, okay? And the days were passing wonderfully, right? She's almost out as loving her life. One morning... While the milk was being churned, Abu Zara left the house. He found a woman with two children playing with pomegranates. Okay? They're playing with pomegranates. Okay? Oh, no. Sorry about that. <laughs> Not pomegranates. The pomegranate here is in reality that she is, he says, either that... It is literally playing with pomegranates or breastfeeding. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> okay. Ryan is falling off the chair. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> okay. They should there's a lot of metaphors. There's a lot of metaphors in this heading. Okay. okay. And I ended up getting divorced. Okay. And he married her instead. Okay. I was divorced because of that. Okay. And the new wife would have a greater regard for him. Like he loved she he loved her more. Okay. He divorced me. I married another man, another chief, a chief and a nobleman. He was a prince and a soldier. He showered me with many gifts. Okay. And from each type of animal we ate. We ate camel cow goat lamb and he presented to me everything and said eat as much as you wish okay and send as much food all right to your family as you wish okay if i add up all his good qualities he will not excel the little thing that abu zara bestowed upon me okay the fact is she says if i add up all this second guy's good qualities Right. Then two, he will not excel the little thing that Abu Zara bestowed upon me. In other words, even though he was so good to me, there's something special about Abu Zara that I loved. I just something special about Abu Zara, okay, that I that nobody could match. And that's what love is. The Prophet said, "You can't control your heart." 
right? You could full, you could check off all the boxes for a person all you want, okay? Except and still, nonetheless, you would love someone else more. And that's why the Prophet said, take us to account by our actions, not by our heart. The Prophet listened to this story from Sayyidah Isha. He said to me, I am to you like Abu Zara was to Umm Zara, except I will never divorce you. Right. So that is how the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, did Musamara with Sayyidah Isha. Means means sit down and talk and listen and uh, listen to, to, to different things. And then he made sure always to reassure his love for her. Okay. And yeah, so the prophet used to reassure his wife of his love for her. Was there, is that just an abridged version? That's an abridged version. Yeah, okay. It doesn't mention all the other ones because all the other guys were like terrible. All the other stories of people were terrible. Right. Like uh, in the other one, uh, all 10, they complained. All 10, one of them said, like, he's a lamb inside the house. In other words, he just does nothing inside the house. But he, uh, Sorry, he's a lamb outside the house. But he's a lion inside the house. In other words, he's so um, uh, soft with everybody else, but he comes in and he thinks he's a don. That's the thing. Yes. Ryan? I think we should read a Shema every Tuesday. Yeah, I like I like this. It's really important to talk about the messenger, peace be upon him, and how he lived with his with his family and with his wives, uh, and with his chil children and, and the, the children of the community. All right, so let's go to anybody who has any comments or questions, and we can open it up now. We opened up a lot of different cans of worms here today. <laughs> so let's we might as well follow through. All right, why don't we start off with Ammar? What do you have to say? yeah I, I think this is like in reality there's like uh the, the narrative that you've just portrayed yeah i think it's like directly antithetical to the the narrative that's portrayed in like today's like movies of like oh like be a girl boss be like a ceo like yeah. run a company and i think deep down like in terms of their fitra i think this is just what women are more like what woman would not truly want that yeah. I think if you went to any yeah. woman and asked her, like, deep down, do you really, if you had to pick one life, oh, yeah. be girl boss CEO, or you could be this, right? Yeah. I think most of the time that you would find, you do the survey, yeah, overwhelming results. I, I can definitely uh, tell you what the, the man's fitra is. The man's fitra is, let me just speak for myself, right? You want to be useful. You want to feel like this is, what I'm doing is something can't be replicated. I think everyone wants to feel that in the job that they work at and in the house that they live in. Yeah. And if they don't, I think something is wrong, personally speaking. Like, I would love to see and look around, which is true most of the cases, 90% of the time, say, this thing wouldn't have been here without this effort that I put in, right? I put in this effort. Like, who wants to be redundant, right? <laughs> that the, your, your existence and your absence is the same? That's terrible, right? You want to feel that, all right, this is something, yeah, I did this. I achieved this. For You want to achieve this in, in your community, you want that. In your community, you want to feel, in everyone's profession, they want to stand out. They want to offer something. And in this world, it's all about, it's all about contribution, service. Akhira has, we don't enjoy khidmah. We don't enjoy contribution. We enjoy the pleasures of life, okay? 
But in this world, the greatest joy is to realize a service that I did. I was able to do something for the people. I was able to do something for my community. I was able to do something for my family. Now, the top of it's going to be for your family, right? Because if your family is a second priority to your career, you have a problem. Like your priorities are off. And Sharia can fix that for you by just revelation telling you, you're going to be asked about this. You're not going to be asked about the community. No, Allah's not going to ask me about, did you show up and advise everybody every single day of the week? No, not going to be asked about this. Once or twice a week is enough. Because once you learn something, you have an amana, right? But he is going to ask me, oh, you had all this time with your kid. You never educated them, right? You educated so-and-so. You educated so-and-so. Oh, uh, you knew you knew that this eating habit is going to lead to somebody like not being made fun of or being rejected or that this way of behavior, and you didn't tell your kid this? You never came to him and, and supported what they were doing so that they could feel a part of your life? You're going to be asked about all this. I'm not going to be asked about the people. I think this is also like, this, is it, so would you say this is a part of like Ihsan, like Ihsan in your ibadah? Yeah. And then this is like Ihsan, would this be considered like Ihsan and how you deal with people? And it's Ihsan in how you, it's, if there is Ihsan with Allah and there's Ihsan with people. And the Ihsan that you have to have with the people is the Ihsan with the people who live closest to you. That's what you have to have. You have to, they their testimony about you on Yom, uh, when you die is the most important testimony. If your wife for the husband and the husband for the wife, that testimony, why? Because behind closed doors, and of course for the man, his mother too, because behind closed doors, you can get away with a lot of nonsense behind closed doors. Nobody will ever know. So there's more taqwa in that relationship than the public relationships. Like let's say I wanted to abuse somebody. I can't abuse them because you guys are watching. So the society is watching, right? So I can't, necessarily do a lot of public wrongs because everyone's watching all right but i can go and i could be in a bad mood you know just walking around without a smile in a bad mood it's abuse in my if you ask me mm. that if one of my kids does that they're not allowed to they're not allowed go upstairs we have a phrase in arabic called fix your face all right you guys say that too <laughs> in order to another word you don't have that ryan do you guys have that are you are, in, in your household? Is someone allowed to walk around with a frown? Ryan never frowns, but but and we got a question from here from uh Al Yamama. Uh, I hope I'm always saying that right. And, and tell me in your cultures, are do you guys have a are you allowed to frown? I don't think in Spanish cultures that's allowed, like Hispanic culture because mm. they're very much like us, right? Italian culture, no way. You're not allowed to frown in the house. Now, the first thing we're going to ask, are you okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, talk to me. Okay? No, there's nothing wrong. I'm just upset. Okay? If you don't have something to talk about, you're not going to talk to us about it. It's private, right? Mm -hmm. Then frown in private. Frown upstairs in your room. You don't come in and, and you have something that's a private matter. And I'm, we're your family. Okay? But this is private. Fine. Maybe something between you and your friends. Then frown with your friends. You have to learn to control your moods because your mood has an effect on other people. We're not allowed to do this, right? Okay, so we're, we're totally not allowed to affect the mood of another person. If you do that in your house, you're going to get away with it, right? You will get away with it. So taqwa is greater taqwa, okay? There's greater taqwa uh, in the house than outside the house. 
if your wife testifies that you were a good man, her true testimony before Allah, there's weight to that. If your kids testify that. And most people, they live past their parents, right? So we were not going to count the parents. Let's look at what some people say here. Can I anticipate a question? Go ahead. Anticipate. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So somebody uh, is probably going to ask, uh, because I think in some other class that you've given, they've asked this before anyway. <laughs> uh, what you're talking about, like, so if you're feeling a certain way and yeah. you, you've, you have to flip that when you're with another group of people. Yeah. So with your family, you shouldn't be like that. You should, you know, keep those emotions for, for the context that it's coming from. I agree. Uh, so somebody's going to ask, well, how do you reconcile that with like not being hypocritical and not being, it's not hypocritical. It's manners. Hypo hypocrisy in us for us. Hypocrisy is not that you have wear many different hats in life. And that you smile when you don't want to smile is not hypocrisy. Okay. Hypocrisy has two types for us. Number one, it's worship. It's doing good deeds for other people. That's your hypocrisy with Allah. Hypocrisy with other people is that you preach a message to people and you do the opposite. Let's say I'm, uh, we got uh, Arcview here and then you guys discover that in my household, we don't establish Salah. We don't establish fasting. Everyone's doing their own thing. You're like, this is guy is a hypocrite, right? In it, hypocrite between humans, in that you're preaching to us to 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 believe in Allah, and you yourself don't act like that, right? You're teaching fardain and what's obligatory, how to pray for us, but you your kids don't even pray, right? Or you don't establish it in your home. That's a hypocrisy. Or the opposite. I could tell people not to smoke, then I go and I smoke, or I sell cigarettes, or I invest in that. That's hypocrisy. But for me to be in a bad mood, but then when a guest, the neighbor comes in, I smile. That's not, that's manners. Let's look at Yamama, what she says. She says, if I have to work, pay the bills, cook, clean, care for the kids, do everything under the sun. What is his purpose? And she's 100% right. <laughs> look what she says. Work, pay the bills, cook, clean. All right, and care for the kids. Let's say work and pay. Okay, so take these, split it. You can't do all five. You shouldn't do all five. You got to split that. Okay, and if anyone says that there's no there's no uh, gender roles have should 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 be very similar to work roles in a in, in a job. If I have to prepare the podcast, the live stream, if I have to then uh, turn the camera on, if I have to then read all the questions i can't do everything right you have to have a team but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has come in with revelation telling us a few guidelines men you're paying and you're doing the heavy lifting and you're protecting three things no, two things you're paying and you're protecting okay the means if we're both sitting and there's a reason for somebody to get up, the man gets up. In other words, there's some danger. There's some harm. There's money that needs to be earned. That's what the word qawwam means. The, 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 the image here, we're both sitting down. One person has to get up for a reason. So he has to get up. Okay. So uh, you go ask somebody if there's a thief. I think I said this yesterday, actually. There's a thief at the door. Who do you expect to go get it? Right. <laughs> She, uh, Maham says, Shekel Sidi Karu. What does that mean? Like, uh, shekel is like your, uh, your shekel appearance, straighten it out. 
see the good straighten your straighten it out that's really good that's right that's really good okay look at this kim says leave the door open because it isn't yours to close i love that there's no locking doors closing doors barely there's no closing doors right uh and locking the door for kids it's like what are you doing that's so private All right and if you're not changing change in the bathroom right so in this thing is that uh people don't know how to raise kids anymore because society is actually promoting the opposite they're promoting the opposite they're getting up they're constantly up they're constantly working protecting providing that is the job of a man now i'm not saying every man is going to be successful at it and i can totally understand that a man can be he can be poor and there's nothing wrong with his masculinity if he's poor but he has to put effort that's the key he has to care about it right he has to care there is absolutely nothing wrong if a guy is down and out and his wife is rich there's nothing wrong with that but he has to care that's the key it, there's no I'm, when i say there's nothing wrong means it's gonna happen it's in in real life it's gonna happen I think what people don't realize is like sand within itself is just yeah. like even between people it's a very attractive feature yes like if you see if a girl sees a man who's on sand whether it be between a lot and then even is like worldly life yeah she's gonna look at them and be like wow this is like impressive you know like this is he's on a path and he's trying to achieve something you know i would i, I would assume that a woman and 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 you know i can't speak for how they think but i would assume they would find attractive a guy who's a go-getter, who has a vision, a plan for this life and this family. Like, what's your plan for this family? Like, do we are we are we going somewhere? Are you saving up for tuition? Are you saving up for anything? Are we gonna have this house forever? Are we gonna have a bigger house? Because the Prophet did praise a man for expanding the home of his family. Why? Because you want them to be absolutely comfortable at home and they need space, right? Why? Because if they're not comfortable at home, they're going to get comfort elsewhere. That means they're going to leave the house. So you want to have all the comforts in your own home. Okay. Mona is making dua for everybody here. So may Allah bless this entire team, she says. I mean, and you too. Is paying and protecting a one-to-one -one ratio of importance? What if someone does one really well? Does that excuse dropping the ball for others? The, the issue is it's all about the the belief number one and the effort you're not going to always be able to just to, to, to control everything but you have to have the belief and the effort okay the belief that the headache of all these bills the taxes the property taxes the car bills it's a headache this is something that is much easier in this day and age to go on a computer than to actually go to the end of the street carry the water back that was the old days right carry the water on your back go get the wood i loved tw the year 2012 when you got you were young but you experienced it what was the hurricane called oh uh, we had a hurricane here sandy. hurricane sandy that was one of my favorite times <laughs> it threw us back for one week i think one week we were out of power yeah. you know what we would do i would get in the car with my son why well, we packed the whole family in and at that time, we were only four. We pack them all in. No, we were five. And we would drive around. We have an infant, a baby. And we would all drive around. 
and we would go around looking for wood. Me and my son would get out of the car, open the trunk, and we would pile wood on, right? And then we would go, we were like, it's almost as if searching for provisions, right? <laughs> and we'd all go it's back home, it's right? Yeah. It was a quest. We'd all go back home, and we'd have the fireplace up. And I would have to stay awake because the only heat that we had was the fireplace. I was like, this is so awesome. This is the old days. This is the ancient times, right? And one time I dozed off, right? And the fireplace and the wood came rolling down, right? It was an emergency. And it was a fun time, okay? Because this is something that we had to now divide the labor, right? The thing is, Ashley, like now yeah. he's even like, I don't know how many men would actually be even capable or know how to do that. You know, like I know. men nowadays, like don't know how to change tires. Bro. Like, I find that to be very ideal. That is a problem. I'm, uh, that is a problem. If you don't know how to do these basic things, that's why they created Boy Scouts. <laughs> Boy Scouts are created to actually help people do these basic tasks that I don't know what Boy Scouts do now. Are, are Boy Scouts gay now? What's that? <laughs> oh, they're, yeah, they're all gay. No, they're gender inclusive. Yeah. Okay. No, he, <laughs> it's Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts is all. Oh, it's Scouts. Just one it's all Scouts locker. now. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? Okay, you're 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 driving with your your wife. Okay, I wonder even like in the secular world, a guy and his girlfriend. He's taking a guy out on a date, a girl out on a date, right? Yeah. And then they get a flat tire on the turnpike at 10 p.m. Right? Who's getting up? We'll fight over. Like, she's she's not a proper feminist unless she's changing the tire. Yeah. <laughs> it ends with real work, right? So now if he goes and changes the tire, he can feel like, okay, I did something that, you know, you either couldn't or didn't want to do. And yeah. I could say couldn't. I can literally tell yeah, no, you. Couldn't. I know, when I talk about some of the women in my family, I can tell you couldn't. They cannot do it, right? They will. They could learn if they were single. They could learn. That's stupid. But it's such a headache. It is. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be realistic about these things. I loathe it. I loathe all these things, but you have to do it. Uh, so Reed is asking the, the root word of qawam is qama. Yes, it is. And by the way, sometimes um, we don't actually understand what guys have become. The video games. Yeah. Right. And we don't understand that feminists exist for a reason. Some guys have just they, they've never taught to be how to how to be a, a man. Right. Yeah. And that's what feminism doesn't exist for no reason. Yes, maybe Iblis is involved. But by the way, there's a lot of guys involved in feminism in the old days to make sure that women could go in the workforce so they could tax them. That's true, right? I, I, I read about this. Uh, but so there were guys pushing feminism. But point being is that if, if something bad exists and you don't like it, but I don't think all of the feminist points are terrible. Some things may coincide with the Sharia. It's, it's like because it's, the British were really bad to women. Like the British, you'd inherit. A daughter doesn't inherit. I don't think a wife inherits. Like they had some rules. There's everything exists for a reason. Usually, if you see something terrible, it's probably because yeah, yeah, something yeah. other terrible, something uh, else was happening in a country. It's, it's just like Marxism. Like Marxism recognizes a real problem that exists. That's a true. That people have. Yeah. But it's not the solution itself. It's not the solution. Yeah, yeah. So, so when I look at around at some some guys, I'm I'm wondering, right? I don't know if you're suitable, right? You're not suitable. You, you're not suitable. Like you don't even have the belief, yeah. the belief that you should be doing these things. Qawam is the root of qama. Yes, it is. Qama yaqum, qawam. So I think that some of the dads have to actually be. They have to remove things that are superfluous. Certain things are, are really bad habits. Mm. Sleeping in 
is a really bad habit. Staying up all night to play video games at a certain age, that you shouldn't be doing that, right? And it's oh, you're not up with the times. Why don't we create a trend? Why do we have to look around the whole where society's going and follow? Mm. Oh, well, society's not like that anymore. Okay. How did society become the way it is? Because some human being, no different than you and me, wanted that way. And he pushed it and pushed it and pushed it until it changed. Why can't we create a trend? Like, why is it that we're always just like, when it comes to morals and Islam, oh, well, the society is different. Yeah, but why can't we create a trend? Why do we have to be followers and sheep? Prophet says, "Sensible, let's take an imma." It's also like this whole like men men improvement thing. Like this, they have to go to Jordan Peterson. Yeah, honestly, it, that's, that's right? helpful. Like for a lot of these people, yeah. that, that's true. The room is filthy. Yeah, they don't exercise. Right, they sleep in. Yeah. they play video games. They just what happened to uh, the dads in this world? What happened to them? How do you let your son go out like this? Am I right or wrong? Yeah, right. <laughs> they, they got shame. I mean, like shame is a powerful thing. What's know? that? There's like, uh, so, so like, the, at the one, the one hand, there's like this whole war against war against shame. Yeah. Uh, which is like, you know, basically, uh, you know, crusaded by people on this side of the, I guess, social uh, social warfare. But yeah. like, you know, it's it's for them, it's always a double standard. Like they, they're the ones that are allowed to have double standards. So yeah. They, they uh, so they they like shame the men into like such a kowtow, such like a genuflection that they like they don't feel like they're able to do anything. And it's like, you know, it indoctrinates them so well that yeah. you know, it's like the thought doesn't occur to them like that they could do anything or that they should do anything. Yeah, it's also in media as well, right? Like media. Yeah, I mean that's that's how that's like the main uh, vector of brainwashing is through like is movies through Netflix. Yeah, and you have like all the all these men that are. Like, do you see basically in the? Oh, they're totally dudes. Yeah, like that, and that's the the role models that you have because that's what you see on the big screen. Then you're going to be like that. Yeah. Um, I, I I the way I look at it is we have their morals are very subjective, but the Sharia comes and he puts up. We call it in Arabic hasam al amr. It 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 just puts a line in the sand. You must do this. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Sunan, the Sunnah of the Prophet in the sense that some of it's obligatory, but some of it's recommended. Sunnah meaning the general example, the authority of the Prophet. Some things the Prophet made obligatory upon us, some things not. Then you have a third category, which I think so, this is so many people are missing this, which is Urf al-Salihin. The gray area, how do we make a decision in the gray area? We look at the righteous people. How do the righteous live? If it's a gray area, there's no comment in Sharia or Sunnah. It's a complete judgment call. Well, we say, what do the Salihin do? What do the righteous people do? Because they know the religion, and they're all many people. So what their gut instinct comes to, that's what's good, right? That's what we are. We should go. It's not law. That's where we should go. All right, Ryan, what do you got? We got a lot of questions. All right, speak. <laughs> Sunshine says, is it permissible for a guy to ask his wife to work if they do not need money, but just to make her busy? <laughs> a guy wants to make his wife busy. He's not allowed to go and ask her to work. No. To work like what? I sell to, to work like what? To go and mingle with some other guys? or 
Like he yeah, wants her to do that. Yeah. Like work what? Yeah. 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 Wait, yeah. making yeah. money for another guy. A warehouse job. <laughs> yeah, Wait, for, for Bezos, you know. <laughs> he's, he's commanding his wife for big to work. To go and make money for another guy? Why? What is wrong with you? Right? <laughs> Start a business. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, no, by Sharia, you're not allowed. Make a to... book club, like start like a, you know, like a, a tea circle, like a bridge circle. Like so there's so many things that you could do. It's yeah. To, to, you can only advise at certain points, certain things you can only advise. <laughs> Let's say a guy marries a woman. Okay. We're not making fun of a woman here. We're just giving an example. Like Omazara. Um, okay. She wants to sleep until 11 a.m. every single day. Then she wants to get up. And by the time she's actually awake and living it's 12 30 and then she's going to do a jog and then she's going to um do something else and by the time it's like 3 4 p.m she's still essentially contributed nothing to existence <laughs> of society or of the house right or of the house let's say she he's rich enough he has a servant or her own for that matter <laughs> cleaning or cleaning person okay so in the Sharia, you're at the level of advice because she has done nothing wrong, technically, right? You're at the level of advice. And you say, I don't like this living habit, okay? What do you want? A CEO? Okay. I don't like it. What do you want? I want her up at five, <laughs> having a cup of coffee. She needs to get, get on, the, on the treadmill by 6.30, okay? She's already, uh, you know, done 10 things. But, but this is by at the level of advice. She's not obligated to do these things. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because that, there's nothing haram about this. You may hate a living habit for a woman. From if, if a man did the same thing, it would be different because Sharia has given us a different rule. If your son did that, let's say if it was my daughter did that, I would say, no, there's not a good living habit. Get up. Mm. Wake up. Okay? At a certain hour. In the summertime or something like that. Which I don't even know why we have summers anymore. Right? I would say shorten the school day. Yeah. Give more days off. And let him go in the summer, right? Like give a lot of eight breaks. Let the, let the knowledge marinate, right? Give a lot of breaks. Shorten the school day. Let the subjects matter. Uh, and, and decrease homework. And add maybe make it 180 days of school. Spread out. Shortened. Less subjects matters per day. This the, the I think all these parents here, we're all suffering. I come home. There's practice. There's some activity. There's hifs. We come home. What's next? Okay, eat dinner. Okay, what's next? Oh, I got homework. It's 8 p.m. What do you mean you have homework? Home oh, I didn't start my homework yet. Okay, what do you have? A ditto, right? No, no. The computer has to come out, right? Oh, uh, let's check Schoology. This is the new thing. Schoology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Schoology. Check this Schoology. Yeah. And what's on? Oh, I have five assignments. Five assignments at 8 p.m.? Yeah, when does it do? 11.59 p.m. It's Wednesday. Right? <laughs> I'm telling you this and we're all exhausted. I'm, I'm like, my eyes are bleeding because I have to stay up with this. <laughs> cheer them on. Right. <laughs> doing the homework and we're doing this. So I wish we could do this thing where shorten the school day, decrease the subjects. How is a kid going to remember eight subjects, eight subjects? Most of it's nonsense. Seven subjects. It's... Okay. Why don't we do, break it up so for like four months we did intensive english and like five four subjects and the next few months intensive right some schools do that shrink the school day 
Eliminate homework. Just eliminate it. The homework should be reading a book. Or if it's math, which they don't do anymore at all, memorize certain equations and tables. So I go into my uh, daughter's homework and I and they ask a question, but I need help with this. Okay, what does it say? Five times three equals what? Okay, you know that, 15. Check the kitchen, little kitchen table chart on the, uh, <laughs> the plate mat chart. It's 15. Okay, first of all, you didn't memorize that. You have to check it. Why didn't you memorize it? They don't do that anymore. It's 15. Okay, next question. Why? Explain why. What do you mean explain why? It's five times three. 15. Oh, what law is in effect when five times three is 15 and three times five is 15? What law is in effect? The cumulative, the associative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so they don't memorize the facts, but what they do is they go abstract right away. That's not even actual abstract though. Like not even as abstract. a math major, like I can tell you like it's like that, that why is basically nonsense. Yeah. Like this goes into like group theory and like you have a certain set of numbers that have operations, two operations that you can do on, on them, addition and multiplication. Subtraction is negative addition and multiplication and division is negative inverse multiplication. Yeah. It's, it's like nonsense basically. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you don't need to learn why. It's just how it is. So, but anyway, they go abstract, but they don't do the actual times table. So I would say the homework should be reading. So English is a wonderful subject. English and history and a lot of science could all be one class in many ways, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I have no say in the world's education system, but that's how I would do it. There are, there are some schools that do that. This is private <laughs> yeah. schools. A lot of the Christian schools do that. When is it too late to, to correct the course of children? If you're good at persuasion and negotiation, if you're good, you, it's never too late. By negotiations, deals, make deals. Everyone wants something or fears something, right? Fear at some point is a negative. So people want something, but you can make deals. You want this? It's a deal. Since I can't tell you what to do anymore, you're such a big boy, right? <laughs> then I don't have to do a lot of things for you either, right? So let's make a deal. Like an adult, I'll treat you like an adult. If you want this, then this is you're going to give me this. Allah, wallahu alam. To be honest, uh, Kim is asking about the tawassul dua. I'll, we'll say it before we leave. Abby KM says, if possible, can you do a little later? The jama'ah for Dhuhr is at 1.30. Oh, shoot. <laughs> they want it later, but subhanAllah, it's it's just uh, if the day is dead at, after, if we started later and we go into four. So like if we stop at 3.30, let's say, sometimes three, we still got uh, half the, a couple hours before our night session because me and Ryan have, we have a night session in the masjid, right? And he has one here for the food kitchen. So we need that few hours to, to, to do other things and to set up. What does Bijah Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mean? Bijah Nabi is tawassul by the that of the Prophet, by the person of the Prophet. What is wrong with you? Oh, she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was talking to me for a second. But she was quoting, right? It's right. What happened to the dads these days, subhanAllah? When I look around and I see some of the complaints that people give me, and most of my friends are good dads, right? But sometimes you can't allow certain things. It's not good. Like, why would you allow this? Like, why would you allow someone to have to accrue bad habits in life? Like, you don't think that that bad habit's going to come back? This is, it's not even, we're not even talking about Dean. We're talking about 
as a personal bad habit. Like the like, why are you afraid? Do you feel afraid to talk to somebody, to your own kid about what's right and wrong? What is your view on Maulana Ilyas Al Qadri, founder of Dawat Al Islam? I, I do not even know him, to be quite honest with you. Right? Al Yamam is his schoology is the death of me. You know what schoology also did? There used to be a thrill that's gone now of getting report cards. Right? <laughs> Who here remembers the yellow envelopes? Right? Oh, with God, the folded report card and, and, and your parent. Yeah, yeah. And your parent had to wait. And by the way, back in the old days, in my day, you could hide grades. Pull it out on the bus. Oh yeah. Rub it in people's faces. Yeah. Back in the day, you can hide grades. I feel bad for my in for my kid for example. He can't hide his grades. I log in and look at the exam grade that he had, right? In my day, let's say you had a bump in the road and you hit, oh, I got a 70. I got 83 on an exam or 78 on an exam. But I'm pretty much going to hit the B plus A minus average. I'm not going to talk about that 73, right? We'll just put that on the side there. How did you do on the exam? Oh, I did well, right? Alhamdulillah. Uh, right, yeah, alhamdulillah. And, and some people, you know, they learn about tawriya earlier than others. Tawriya is to say something that's true, yeah. but you know the other person is going to misunderstand it. What did you get on the exam? I got an 86. At one point in life, I got an 86 on an exam, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the old days... If you got a uh, uh, what they call a progress report that was bad, like if you got a C on anything or you misbehaved in middle school, you got a progress report, what was the max this school required? Give this parent to, paper to your parent. They have to sign it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really like secure, <laughs> right? I signed all those things, right? I'm not encouraging people to cheat. I'm just saying that you just signed all that stuff. And high school, they didn't even require that. So you just get the mail first. I created a thing in, in, in uh, and I never even got, at a certain point, you just grow up, right? I think it was eighth grade. I said, this stuff is stupid, just grow up. End of eighth grade. Ninth grade was like smooth sailing from then on. And there's no such thing as getting C's, uh, talking in class. It's stupid. You're, you're, class. you're an adult, right? Uh, so that stuff where I, I the, the bad years were sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, right? It was just bad years. Mm. If I would look back, that was bad years. After that, you just sort of grew up and you studied. But in those years, and I was around some bad kids, we got progress reports, right? If you just in intercepted it, okay, that, that's all that was. It was. There was nothing like you have to sign it back. Because how is the public school going to manage hundreds of kids? They're not going to manage that. And then what is it, how is the teacher going to know about the signatures too? And at some point, they even stopped doing parent-teacher at night back. You know that parent yeah, night yes, back? Yes, yes, yes. He goes to the school. But I feel bad for these kids. I know the grades right away. There's no such thing as like, oh, I made a mistake. I can actually make up for it later on. There's, it's, it's like they have no privacy in the sense that at some point, how are they going to learn responsibility if everything about their life is transparent, right? Now, it's not to encourage lying, but it's to learn a little bit of responsibility. Anyway, um, what is a better dua for Toba? In Allahumma anta rabbi la Sayyidul Istighfar or the dua of Sayyidina Yunus. Dua of Sayyidina Yunus is for desperation. Dua of Entoba, but dua of Sayyidul Istighfar for daily use. But you can't say which one's better. They're all amazing. What does Shaykh Lillah mean? Shaykh Lillah, something for, give us something for Allah, right? Give us something, whether it's a dua, a dawah, give us something for Allah. Cozy Chloe talks about homeschooling. 
um, I'm not into really much into education except for one cup, a couple of things. Number one, I want them to be around Muslims. By the way, we Maliki have fatawa about this because the French came in and they established schools and the Muslims went in and got corrupted in their heads. The fatawa is that they weren't, you're not allowed. And Shmuel Rabbi said, Hajj, it reissued the fatwa of if the prohibition of submitting your kids to a kafir be under their supervision for that long, right? They actually forbade it. It's a fatwa. It's not a ruling on this. It's a fatwa. But I would say, I want to be with Muslims, but the school has to be clean. As for the academics, we could fix that at home, all right? Get a tutor, read a bunch of books. That's how kids get smart. Do your homework, right? But school has to be a place where they don't get depressed. Because some Islamic schools, they're depressing buildings. Like, I would not want to be there myself, okay, for a long period of time. How do you get rid of tightness of chest? Much salah on the messenger, peace be upon him. 110% 110% As-salaah ala nabi How much of culture would a parent expect their children to pick up? Enough that the general community would not think they're weird, right? And, and I'm not making fun of the brother, but you guys were making fun of a guy who didn't know that I think Michael Jordan's number was 23. Wow. <laughs> so I would, I would make fun of the guy, right? But you, the guys, I saw the guys at the, at the Juma lunch after Juma making fun of one of the brothers. Because he didn't know that Michael Jordan's number was 23. I don't know that. <laughs> right? You didn't know that? Know that. Or, yeah, so I don't know. He, he may he may have not have known something basic about Michael Jordan. So you basically, you just, you didn't, you wouldn't want your kids to be in a setting where they're um, something that's, they, everyone of the good Muslims would consider normal knowledge, basic knowledge, and you get laughed at. Not, Michael Jordan number is not the big deal, but. Certain things like that relate to geography, that relate to politics, that relate to um, pop culture to me is a waste of time. E, but even that, why do you need to be aware of that? Because there's harms there. If there's harm there, you need to be aware of that, right? So you have to have some clue about something, right? Or else you're, you're going to be an incompetent parent. Right? You need to have a clue. Ryan, what you got? Is it correct to say the storytelling of the Prophet his wives, that this is an exception? Is it, would this be considered backbiting if women were to do that with their husbands now? So is it backbiting if women did that with their husbands now? I think that the, the story of Umm Zara had become like a tale. I don't know what the truth of it is or not, if it was a tale or if it was truth. Uh, so it would definitely be backbiting if a woman came to her husband or it was an ancient tale, or it was true, but it was ancient. So these are not people that live today. Okay. So from that respect, it wouldn't have been backbiting, even if it was a true story. But it would 100% be backbiting if a woman came and, and spilled all the news of what the husbands are doing with the wives. Yeah. That would be totally haram. I think the question is referring to part of this as well as like, you know, a lot of the hadith about the Prophet Islam's life at home comes from his wives. Sure. So I think the question is like, why would that not be considered backbiting? I think that's the knowledge of what the Prophet did with his wives? Because yeah, yeah. everything that the Prophet وسلم, does is huda. So what the what the wives of the Prophet transmit about the Prophet, peace be upon him, is guidance and his knowledge. The Prophet, in a sense, has no personal uh, uh yeah, hey, could you hit the thing for the phone 
The Prophet ﷺ has no personal, in the sense, pers all the personal space of the Prophet ﷺ is for us to learn from. Right? So, yeah, the Prophet ﷺ does not have like anything that's just for him in terms of his behavior. Everything is for us to learn from. I have another question. Question, yes. Um, someone, the path of Allah from Medina, they're asking the question, what does a person do if their wife is constantly negative and always has a scowl and raises their voice and the kids always, they snap at the kids, all these okay. things. This man is complaining. <laughs> He's saying <laughs> that. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing at the poor guy, right? He's asking a good question. It's like your like, next question. I, no, I was like, the man is, this man is complaining, and I'm about to summarize for the Instagrammers because they can't always hear Ryan, right? He, the, the man, the brother is complaining that his wife, or a hypothetical, is always in a negative mood. She's sour. She's got a scowl look on her face, and she's always snapping at the kids. She may be unsatisfied in her life for a couple reasons. Primarily, I would put maybe there is something in her marital life that she's not satisfied with. Let's put that number one. Okay? Because that's what you can fix. So you ask yourself, and there was a sheikh, may Allah bless him, from England. He advised all the husbands, spend an hour a day at night after everything's done with, with your wife. Or in the middle of the day, if that's the only time you can, spend an hour a day with your wife. Meaning like an expansive time. Mm -hmm. Just talk. Get your wife one small gift a week mm -hmm. to show that you remembered her and you love her. And one sizable gift a month. And out of every seven days, one day should be for you to take her out. Okay? If not the whole day, then part of the day. If not the whole day, he said. Now, where did he get this from? Part of it is from the Sunnah, but it's also from the, the Irshad of the righteous scholars of Sudan. Okay? That, Sheikh Babikr. Sheikh Babikr, yeah. That's his guidance, and that's the word of the husband. So maybe she's not getting enough attention. That's one thing. Also look at the living condition. If it's a negative living condition, so maybe not enough time and effort is being put in, in the, the space of the house. Okay. Number three, the spirituality in the house. Is there spirituality in the house? There needs to be spirituality. Mm. People are actually happy by spirituality. They're calm. They're cooled down by spirituality. Number four, look at the company. If you're always in the company of certain people who are extremely, you know, um, well off, that that would make someone feel inferior, that's not good. Mm. That's not good, right? Look at now the tasks in the house. Look at the way of living. Is is it work from not from 5 a.m. when the alarms go off, 6 a.m., 6.30, until 11 p.m.? Because many middle-aged people, that's what their life becomes. I wake up, I'm saying hypothetically, person wakes up and they've got to take care of the these people now who now live with them, which are called children, right? That we got to serve. You're like in the service business, right? In the first morning, first half of the day, first first half of the morning, then you go to work and you work until five, six, seven p.m. and you come back and you have to prepare dinner and that may take you another hour and a half. Then there's homework, transportation to different things, activities, and then there's mop up. 
you reach at the end of the day, you have not spent 10 minutes on yourself, right? You have not spent 10 minutes, forget, isn't this the reality of most people in middle-aged life from a 30 to 55 or something? That's how the life is, right? So you keep, you, you're going to have a reason why people are going to lash out. This is not a normal way of living. Okay. It's too much. So that's, you got to look at these factors that there's always a reason why people are upset. Now, if someone is a negative minded person, you can advise them to start looking at things as half full rather than half empty. Allah says, speak about the good things in life. You'll get more of them. Speak about the good things. More things will happen. More good things will happen. Is that what I'm saying? Hypothetical friend. Yeah, hypothetical friend. <laughs> Ahmad is asking for a friend. Before we get to Nabila, who said best tips for memorization, which we will get to. Yeah, so, and we have... Continuing the Ahmad's hypothetical friend series. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, from... we didn't finish the contact list. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, say there's a husband. Okay. He works really hard for his wife to provide, have a good standard of living, yeah. to match like what her upbringing was. Yeah. Right? But he's working like 5 a.m., 8 p.m. 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. Just, like just to, to just, bring in money. Just to bring in the money. And uh, maybe he gets back home and like not, he has like zero time with his wife. Well, that's not good. Right? That's not good. And, but he does, at the same time, he just try to make, he does what, like the advice of spending, even he co- no matter when he comes home, he'll spend at least one hour with her. Mm-hmm. He'll have one day of the week reserved for her. Okay, that's good. Right? But she still complains of like, you're not giving me enough attention. Okay, so we. <laughs> so he could work a little less then, and and then, but she's got to know that that's going to come at a cost. Mm. You can have him home, or you can have a lot of money. Mm. Most of the times, you can't have both. No. Most of the time, later in life, you can if you have an, if you're smart and yeah, you invested. Yeah. But if someone thinks that making money means working all the time, well, that's not a smart person to begin with. That is not a smart person mm. because the smart people find a way to make money without working. It's called saving up, getting investors, even having an investment, having a business, hiring a manager, right? On the side, the unintelligent person, no offense to anyone out there, but I'm just saying as a theory, not as what you do in life, what you do in life is as a theory. If you believe that work is the only way to attain wealth, then you're making a mistake. Work is the first and the bottom of the barrel way to make to make money. That's the bottom. Then you you do that. You save up, save up, save up. But you have to invest that money in a way that is going to make you money back. And you have to have a little bit of uh, creative creative thought. Uh, how, how am I going to do this? There's always people who want to well, maybe use your skill in a business, right? Mm-hmm. Where and a manager can run it after a while and just making money on the on your investment. So, but oftentimes presence and, and, and a lot of money in the bank account, a lot of times they do conflict. Mm-hmm. People have to understand that. I really think uh, we should uh, devote at least 15 minutes a week yeah. to a segment called Ammar has a friend. <laughs> oh, Ammar has a lot of friends that have a lot of hypothetical questions. All right. N- uh, now to Nabila's questions. Best tip for memorization. Repeat the thing that you're trying to memorize 15 times. Read it 15 times, then repeat it to yourself 15 times. Like, re- re- let's say it's seven verses of Quran. Read it 15 times. That's one of these, you count, count them on your beads 15 times. Repeat, read it, then close the Mosaf or cover it with a piece of paper, and then recite it 
15 times each. And if you don't know, you check it. That's usually should be get the job done for five, six, seven verses of Quran. I think some people also on the topic of, I think Sheikh Ismail, he broke it down into like two segments. There's like yeah. the practical tips, which is what you provided. There's also spiritual preconditions to memorizing. Like some yeah. people's hearts. Memorizing Quran is uh, contrary to listening to music and looking at nakedness. If you look at nakedness, the Quran will go. If you listen, because how do you memorize? With your eyes and your ears. And if you curse. The three things that you do with your eyes and ears, the Quran will leave. They will not share space with music. Will not share space with pornography. Will not share space with cursing. Yeah. If you do these three, 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 these three things, do not expect to make hips. But if you do these three things, and you are forcing yourself to make hips, the other three will leave. And bad food too, right? Yeah, eating haram. Eating haram in general has a lot of problems. Mm. But if you do these three things, you're stuck with them. You have a bad habit. But you insist on memorizing the Quran. The Quran will eventually expel these three things. So if you do these three things, don't say, well, I do these three things so I can't memorize Quran. No. Force yourself, <laughs> force yourself to memorize Quran and those three things will leave. Guarantee. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you mix the good deed and the bad deed and you persist with the good deed, then it will be that Allah will have mercy on you and those sins will leave you. Okay. Because Chloe says that many women... It's just life has become a monotonous drag. You know, and, and it's true. It's true. For some and, and I feel bad for these people. And you know how how to how to get rid of this? By the way, I'm curious to the Instagrammers, do you guys hear Ammar and Swahib when they're talking? Because they're like over there, the mic is here. I'm just curious. Um so that I have to repeat what they said. But if life is a drag. The beginning of where that drag ends is in your mind. By imagining something better and then working towards it. Mm. That's why I believe that the best medicine for a person is a goal in life. A vision. No. But in order for your vision to be big, you have to have a lot of iman. It can only be big as you believe Allah is big. Mm. Right? It can only... you're Because if you're... Let's say if, you're in, if, I'm, if I'm in a jail. If I'm literally physically in a jail. How am I going to have an vision? Well, I'm going to have an imagination. I'm going to leave this jail. I'm going to lead this life. This is the life I'm going to lead when I'm out of jail. Now, if I believe only in my own powers, then I'm wasting my time. But if I do actually believe in Allah's power, right, then I can imagine as big as I want, okay? Because I believe in Allah's power. So that's why it's having a goal in life, but also believing in the one who's going to give you that goal. And that's why I like kids with... When you see youth, I remember, subhanAllah, a man praising youth that had a goal. And I thought, what's the big deal, right? But there's a reason. A person with a goal in life, number one, he's going to be out of trouble. Mostly. This person with no goal in life is going to be in trouble. Ryan, what you got? We'll do two more and we'll wrap up. All right. Maybe we can do a rapid fire because we have a lot of questions. Go rapid fire. Okay. Um... How can you learn about your teenager child if they're going through teenage boyfriend girlfriend drama? <laughs> this person quick <laughs> is uh, asking about my teenager is involved in boyfriend girlfriend drama. Uh, unfortunately, there's a bad news and there's a potential good news. The bad news is that this is a little bit late though, right in the game, because they must be what they six, seven, eight, ninth grade. 
at this point. If there's boyfriend and girlfriend, mm. earliest, you know, maybe it's middle school, high school. Um, if they don't believe that that's something that they're not supposed to be doing, or they believe it, but they're doing it anyway, right? Um, and you have no control over it because they're doing it at school, then what you need to do is, is to counter that company that they're in with better company. That means that they must be taken to the message to counter the bad company with the good company. And that, that's not going to change everything overnight. It's going to take you a year or two countering the bad company with the good company. So you're going to, uh, you're going to drop them off at the message, right? For whatever event, for no event, go pray Aisha. And it's going to take you a while to counter the bad company with good company. And that will inshallah have a good effect upon them. Next question. I think, uh, I think the, the integral of that question was asking how to find out if they're, if they're doing that. How do you find out? Yeah. Uh, everything that you own is actually mine. And I'm loaning it to you. Including <laughs> from everything, right? <laughs> everything. So uh, I can find out. <laughs> I'll, I'll know what you're doing before you do it, right? <laughs> Next question, Ryan. A uh, quick synopsis of gender interactions. Quick synopsis of, ge of gender interactions. Allah forbade looking at the opposite gender for no reason. Right? Mm. For a lustful reason, for no reason. Okay? So if you take that as a guide, because if you if we're not allowed to do that, we're not allowed to do a lot of other things. Mm. The loism of that, the, the, the logical consequences of that are going to be enough that you could, you, you're going to know where, where to go. Okay, so they also asked about online. So looking online, of course. Um, but what about people who are texting and they don't see each other? Repeat. People who are texting, but they don't see each other. Texting? So they're looking, can't really be... Okay, a guy and a girl are texting. What's the end result of this texting? Why are they texting? If you know, if they're... Okay, we're, gonna, we're texting. But we're not. We're going to lower our gaze. So what is the terminal... What is the nature of the end of this relationship? So they also considered all that to be haram. How do you keep one's wife entertained at home when she's home alone? We <laughs> 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 another session There's, to answer that question. <laughs> I mean, she's an adult, right? She have some kids. <laughs> maybe have some kids. Homeschool, right? Have some kids. Have some kids. Maybe. Open up some more questions. I mean, it's a tough <laughs> question, but why would it's it's a, it's another question? Like, why would you need to do that for another adult? Like, you're a, an adult, but why entertained, right? Um, I, I think men also just need to be like exciting to a certain extent. Yeah, like some guys are honestly just boring. You know, some guys are boring. Yeah, I feel bad for wives, to be honest with you. And, and I don't know about some women, but I'm sure there are women. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna right? say I feel worse for more husbands. I think. Yeah, no, yeah. this is this is true. Yeah. How do you accept the qadar when dua you become doesn't come true? You wait. No. If the opposite comes true, you realize that there's good for you in the opposite. Uh, Sad Khan says, okay, if you drop the, your kids at the masjid, they could be, it could, they could become resentful towards the deen. Yes, but I believe it has to be done with tact. That's true. But I do believe that um, eventually they get over the resentment. Mm. I believe that, right? When they realize it's good for them. So I, if my kid is going to resent something, I don't mind. I don't, I don't believe that that resentment will stay permanently. Yeah, he'll resent it for 24 hours. You realize this is life. There are decisions that have to be made. Okay. 
we, you have to know that I do know better than you. So I'm not, I'm going to try to clean, clear that resentment by having fun in other ways, but I'm not going to not do what I know is right just because they're going to have resentment, but you just have to make sure not to drive it too much. Okay. People adapt, people adapt. So if I say, listen, as a rule from now on, we're going to the master twice a week. You're going to attend this class and then we're going to attend this whatever family event and you're going to attend this teenager event. Right. Oh, resentment does not feel good in the body. It's bad for your health. He'll get over it. He'll get over it. Right. One or two months of kicking and screaming. You'll get over it. You will adjust. What if we became poor and we had to go move into an apartment? Yeah. You have some resentment for a little bit. You get used to it. So I actually believe that people, I don't put too much emphasis on the idea that they're going to resent it. Yes, they won't like it for a short term, but they will get over it. Humans adapt. There are also spiritual effects to it, right? There are great spiritual effects. And once you start feeling those, then you'll accept it. Next. Someone asked if there's good books in the Maliki Medhub about parenting. Good books in the parent, about Maliki Medhub about parents. Read about the rights of parents. And it's sort of the reverse, but there's going to be things that you benefit from. The rights of parents by translated by Rami Nasu. Is it okay to drink kombucha juice? Yes, it's okay. What about sauces that have alcohol? No, that's not okay. <laughs> what is the name of the book that was being read? Today we read from Ash-Shama'il al-Muhammadiyah. Okay, Shama'il al-Tirmidhi. The topic is Ash-Shama'il al-Muhammadiyah. We read today from Shama'il al-Tirmidhi. Okay. What's the best um, uh, publisher for that? And there's a, a lot of people publishing, a lot of people. Lot Go, of Mecca books. Go to Mecca books. Yeah, you can put the link too. Do you have any advice if Fedra feels literally impossible, especially reverts who didn't grow up with it as a habit? I would advise you to sleep more early than usual because oftentimes that's a big deal. Set up one or two alarms, okay? Like set up an alarm and an alarm by the bathroom. Like your phone and your iPad. And drink a little bit, decent amount of water. Not too much, but a little bit. Uh, in the evening and your bladder may wake you up for fetch. Right. So sleep a little earlier and set up two alarms. I think taqwa also helps with that. Like really- Make istighfar during the day. Doing a lot of istighfar during the day, Allah will help you in the night. Like like basically do good ibadah in the day. Be God conscious in the daytime. Allah will help you in the nighttime. No. Um, is it wrong for a single female to seek or desire polygamy in today's age? It's not sinful for sure. It's uh, all based upon the, the, what people accept. But it's not sinful. The only issue is how do you practically do it uh, legally and with the customs of the people, right? So you, you do have to respect the customs of the people to a sense that you don't want to cause... You, there are a lot of halal things that could cause some damage, right? It could cause damage. So you don't want to damage somebody else. For example, you don't want to uh, be the one who ruined the life of another woman because she expected a monogamous marriage, right? Okay, that's a reasonable expectation. I think we all ex- expect that, right? So you're... Oh, could you get that real quick? Low battery. Okay. So you have to respect the, the, the orf and make sure you're not damaging people by doing some, the new thing that you want to do. Like new in this society. Uh, Canvas Slam says, you tweeted that trials are a direct result of sins. Sometimes, not all the times. 
if you react by committing more sins, then it is a result. Uh, then it is a punishment. Yeah. Right? It's a punishment. But trials in many times are the result of not just our sins, other people's sins too. Like the greed of certain companies. What are companies? People. Mm. Their greed has caused a lot of problems in the world. Right? The, the lustful behavior, indulging in lusts, has caused a lot of problems in the world. So trials are oftentimes a result of sins. The difference between wird of a tariqah and say wird that the Prophet prescribed, for instance, a certain formula as opposed to using some of the time you have with using uh, formulas we find in hadith, such as wird al-latif. If you're attra- attached to a sheikh, you use his wird. And if you're not, you use one of the general awrad, like the what we have on safinasided.org backslash wird. A man who is not talib ilm but good character and willing to learn. If given the option, is it better for a female talib ilm to choose a learned married man or a single man of good character and willing to learn? Well, you got to look at, you got to look at, is this, are you going to be like poaching the guy away from his first wife? Is it going to be a fitna? Mm-hmm. You want to avoid that. Halal does not mean that the route is always okay. As long as it, you have to avoid the fitna. Right. Mm. If you're in, let's say, uh, uh, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, this may be quite normal. Still, mm. the woman will be upset, <laughs> but it's normal, right? It is, and if it, it's very normal, you haven't done something far off a shock uh, that people are going to need therapy for ages, right? <laughs> if you do that, where you did that, let's say here, it would be right. It would be like you stole someone's husband. They would consider that and be a shock. So you want to avoid the fitna. That's all. That's all it is. Avoiding the fitna. Okay. Um. I got one more. Go ahead. Uh, scenario. I'm finishing uni in a few <laughs> weeks, trying to find a job, but it's difficult to find one where I can pray. It stresses me out. My parents want me to make money and be a career woman, and they're not married yet. Yeah, some of the parents have those philosophies, right? They have those philosophies. So you have to try to make sure that I mean, I, I I was not in that situation as a woman before, so I don't know. <laughs> but I can ju- I can just give a basic advice. If the parents want something and you feel something is the opposite, then here's the thing: you can do this. If you're doing this, you're doing it because your parents want you to do it. But they they you have to understand. I don't know if they can force you to do it. Mm-hmm. By Sharia, I do not believe that they can force you to go out of the house and be a career woman. Let's say, all right, I'm tolerating it. When you marry, you can marry and make a decision with your husband that is private and they cannot get involved in that. What but, if they make the conditions such that it's essentially they're forcing you, but like they're not forcing you? Like what? Like, uh, <clears throat> they're like, all right, we're going to start charging rent for this place, for this room. A man cannot charge his daughter rent. <laughs> That's her right. A man can't charge his daughter rent. Are people crazy? Yeah, I'm just yeah, trying. To, I'm, I'm trying to think of yeah. examples here, but it, what it, it might be just like a lot of like he can't eat, he, like unspoken, but it's like oh, they're poor. No, maybe not even that, but they're just like they. No, it's, it's like, like the expectation. It's like you're going to get educated before you get married, so we're going to say no to any prospects beforehand. That's a problem, but I mean, educated as in get a BA or get an MD. Is there is there a difference? Yeah, BA. I think that. Many people can accept that. $150,000 difference. Yeah. Yeah, $150,000 more, probably. Yeah. 100, 200 grand difference. 
if someone says if a man if a man and woman say no, no we're not going to entertain any husbands until you have a ba i think that there's some reasonability to that i've seen that a lot but he says no you're gonna have to be a doctor before you ever entertain i think that's excessive and and people can get involved is that like shut you shut you you say that's like wrong yeah by shit i think that's wrong yeah. interesting Cozy Chloe says, how did you choose the Medicaid method? What's your decision? I was just inspired by, I had a sheikh. Hamza Yusuf was my first teacher, really. And in fiqh, like in like talking about this subject. When I went to Morocco, fell in love with the city. And they were all Medicaid's and felt that the, the, uh, uh, okay, Ryan's cracking up. We're going to have to know why as soon as we finish this question. Uh, I felt like that's what I want. I want to be like him. So I it was sort of followed. And then I re read the biography of him in Medica. How could you go wrong? Yeah. His, this is the madhab of Medina, yeah. right? So this is actually the first madhab, even though like historically Abu Hanifa is older, but this is the original fiqh. All right. Can a woman make it a condition before nikah that she wants a monogamous marriage? She can say that I want to, that I, it's a condition in agreement. He has to agree that if you take the second wife, then I'm automatically divorced. Okay. Ryan, go ahead. It's uh, our guy, Maliki Fick. Yeah. He's been here the whole time. So we started off. He told us how he hunted a buck yeah. eight, eight years ago. It took him three days to get it. <laughs> and he was talking about how his parents were tough on him with the, like, <laughs> set your face straight type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he shared he has seven kids too, mashallah. Yeah. And he, seven yeah. kids. He got seven the kids. The guy hunts on. bucks. Hunts bucks. This is a man. And then he's, he's Norwegian. <laughs> I started yeah. laughing because his, his most recent comment was just, yeah. It started off with, I would hate to be a career woman if I was a woman. Yeah. It's like my parents telling me after uni, we want you to be a house husband. Oh, so yeah. I will run. Yeah. Could you imagine Imagine uh, if we started training sons and it became a thing in society, train the son to be a house husband, right? <laughs> can a, Agid says, can a man charge his son rent after a certain age? Yes. If he's capable, yes. He can charge his son rent. But not his daughter. He can't charge his daughter rent. If you're currently not working nor studying, how do you look for a husband as a Muslim woman through gatherings of knowledge, circles of knowledge? I think we had a we had a couple of society marriages, Arcview marriages, Arcview, which is just online classes, WhatsApp, and they met on WhatsApp, right? So we do have that. Can we do to us uh, through Imam Shafi, meaning through the love of Imam Shafi and by the, um, you know, our love for Imam Shafi? Yes, we can do that. Um, I think that circles of knowledge are the best ways to find people because we have the same beliefs, same parameters. We go about things the same way. You can it's, uh, the you can come to MBIC. We have the Mawadda operation. First iftar of Ramadan. Yeah. First the first iftar of Ramadan. Go to mbic.org and learn. For the people that uh, that aren't interested, like you know, the the group, like the yeah. the demographic that are going to the circles of knowledge is not like like a huge number like the before yeah it's not a huge number yeah so it should be easier to find but what if like yeah. the person that's like maybe the person that's asking isn't isn't interested in going to that type or like they would feel like duplicitous because they, they don't actually care about the um they're just going to find some guy what's that you know like maybe the the people that are going there then like if they're not interested in actually like Knowledge. studying or anything like that yeah i mean what if the people are not going they're not interested in, in studying but they're just going to find another husband still that's at least they're going to the right place <laughs> so their heart's in the right place <laughs> to to a degree their mind and their heart is in the right place because they believe in these all right priorities. guys prepare that right? make sure you have some questions <laughs> ready uh, so i started i studied with hamzi to the beginning and after 9 11 he i felt that his direction was more about bridge building than teaching 
yeah. right? So after 9-11, his direction, I think, was a bit different. And the Zaytuna University, Zaytuna College, I guess soon it'll be Zaytuna University, was a little bit different from his vision of Zaytuna Institute. Zaytuna Institute was more like teaching basic deen and knowledge to the public of Muslim, uh, uh, of the Muslim community. So afterwards, so he, he had changes. He's free to change as much as he wants, right? But the, what I latched onto was the first part of the Hamza Yusuf as the public teacher of fiqh and aqidah, and he was encouraging tasawwuf, and he was preaching really good stuff. Uh, that's what I know. Then we sort of lost touch after that, and he went on the more bridge-building way with Sheikh bin Bayah, and now he runs a college, which is like a liberal arts college. So um, that's my experience with Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. May Allah ease everyone's affairs. Okay. Um, and yeah, that, and I was against totally the perennialist Quran, study Quran, right? The study Quran is a perennialist, it's a perennialist study Quran, right? So that also was not very good for our relationship. He was very upset that I went against that but um, and made a big fuss about it. But I don't regret making a big fuss about it because it's all perennialism. Perennialism is a kufratas, right? There's a lot of sections where there's perennialism in that book. So it's unfortunate that the things turned out that way, but it happens in life. Okay. Next, last question from Ryan. We'll take it from you. Mm. Uh, Make it a juicy one. <laughs> juicy. Okay, so we have a follow-up from our scenario. Mm -hmm. I think this is good to, to solve this. Yeah, and we'll take that one. Then we'll take Lily Shire's question about hasad in marriages. Yes, go ahead. So Flower Star said, my mom said that I shouldn't, that I shouldn't get married until I'm financially stable. Yeah. I have a mortgage. Can't get married uh -huh. until she's financially stable and has more. All these families are on bidah. All these families are muqtadia. They are, they are, uh, they're all muqtadia. Okay. So what, all right, all right. But what should she do though? Like this is this what is should scenario. she do? She should go and she should um, uh, get someone else involved, like the imam of the masjid or somebody, right? Involved because she's the, this is in a sense not the right guidance of Islam to do this to delay people to get married to get married is harmful to them, men or women, right? So to, for for this for this reason that is like not even that's not even her job in marriage that you have to have a house. Most married couples rent, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let alone guy doesn't. Most even millennials know. rent. Period. Yeah. They rent for for life sometimes, right? Okay, let's go to the question by Lily Shire. She was saying that could evil eye cause. Arguments, yes. Or evil eye can cause arguments. You shouldn't always show the world, oh, we love each other so much. Someone can give you hasad, right? And then you end up going home and there's an argument breaks out in the car or something like that. Right? So, uh, you, and I, I, I for, for the life of me, I don't understand the husband and wives that think they're so handsome and so she's so beautiful and they have Instagram like spouse stuff. Mm. Like, um, like what they're doing with each other, or they do skits. <laughs> You're an adult. Why are you doing a skit? Right? <laughs> like uh, they do these little pranky thingies or cute, cute things with a song or something. TikTok, 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 TikTok couples, TikTok couples. 
but you're a Muslim, right? First of all, why would you want, don't you believe in Hasid? And don't you believe that you're not, we're not allowed as Muslims to make people feel like you have something great and we all don't. So there's all these women out there. Oh, I don't have a husband as handsome as him who has a, a BMW and he's making TikTok <laughs> videos with his husband, right? <laughs> I mean, cool. you're making all the women feel 95% of the women don't have what you have, right? And then the husbands, right? The guy. Why would you want all these people looking at your wife? 100%. Like, you don't have any shame yep. in yourself or like even basic hayat. We don't have that. We, we, we're not allowed to do this in Islam. And it's Arif against Arif too, right? So you want your wife to be in all these. And, and you're looking, scrolling. Oh, look, look, honey, how many people are liking this video? They're not liking you, right? <laughs> all the guys on that thing are not watching you, right? They're watching her, yep. right? So uh, <laughs> I don't, for the life of me, I don't understand these people. And then why would you do something that's time sensitive? In other words, that once you reach a certain age, yeah. you, you, you'd be weird if you do it. Two, you're going to fail at it because you're all going on how youthful and beautiful you are, right? Mm. You think that's going to last forever? You're not going to be a TikTok phenomenon for more than 10 years. Not even yeah. that, less, right? Less, less than that. What if your kids see that too? And it's just... Uh, Chai 68 says, I always wake up at night around 3 or 4 a.m. That's good. I think closer to 4 a.m. you can get up for Tahajjud. If you wake up smack in the middle of the night, it might not be good for your health. But if you wake up towards the end of the night, 3, 4, 5 a.m., wake up, do some du'a, do some Tahajjud, do some I, ibadah. I was reading in um, Imam Ghazali's, yeah. yeah, actually I was, I was listening to a lecture about Imam Ghazali's Ihya. Yeah. Um, scholar is saying that there are like depending on if you're only waking up for an hour, yeah, then you wake up like right before Fajr. But if you're staying up for like a third of the night or like uh half of the night, then you should wake up and sleep an hour before Fajr. So you're not tired. Yeah, you should sleep, you should sleep a little bit. You can sleep a little bit before Fajr. And this is like the time of like Mukasha thoughts. Yes, it is a time, it's a great time for Ibadah. Great time. End of the night is a, and then uh especially if you sleep early and you sleep well. And mm. then you wake up towards the end of the night, you feel really refreshed and you have a powerful ibad at that time. Then you sleep a little bit, then you get up for fajr, and then you go about your day if you have to. Okay. Thank you all very much. There are a couple of questions we couldn't get to everybody, unfortunately, today. Um, but we got to a lot of questions, such as, uh, well, can you explain tabarruj in today's age? Tabarruj has never changed. Tabarruj is that to show the part of your body, you're not allowed to show to the people. Mm. That's what was called tabarruj. The aura that you're not allowed to show, you're showing it, right, to people. So that's that's basically what tabarruj is. It's the same thing as it always was. And, um, oh, well, that's the society is different. Well, what do I care about the society? They don't live the way we live. They're not expecting the reward we expect, yeah. right? Yeah. They're not fearing what we fear. And by the way, they're not even examples. You want, would you trade a random Muslim family life for a random uh, American family life? Right? Would you? I wouldn't. Would you trade a, a random Muslim family life from Central Jersey for a random non-Muslim family life for Central Jersey? Even if it was like chaotic, that would just still like people. Yeah, even a chaotic Muslim family that prays in the mosques, chances are alcoholism is not a problem. No. Chances are. Yes, I'll tell you what even a pious Muslim family, weed may be a problem for some of these shabab, right? That's unfortunate. It's terrible, right? But alcoholism, like a drunkard, I highly doubt it. 
in a pious Muslim family that prays in the mosque? Probably not, right? Even when they're nominally Muslim, right? But they got, you got a Muslim cousin who's a good Muslim. He pulls you into things. Chances are you're not going to have alcohol problems, right? There's a lot of things I think that we take for granted. So why do I care what the rest of society says when I believe that they're not great examples on how to live? So I actually don't care what you think. The only reason is that you guys have a bigger military than the Muslim countries. At the end of the day, that's what drives culture. Because military drives currency, currency drives culture. Right? And that's why people are sort of tiptoeing around the culture. We'll go back to the root of it. That's really the root of it. But if I'm going to actually look at the results, we need to get that brothers in WD-40. <laughs> that chair is... Uh, if I'm going to look at the results, right? I just wasted it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the results are not there. They got, they got really got issues in their family. And I'm not making fun of them, saying that's like, you're not an example. That's all I'm saying. The general culture is not an example. All right, folks. Jazakumullah uh, khairan. By the way, there's a lot, always a lot more people around 3 o'clock, 2.30 and 3 o'clock. But... We, we have four hours of live stream in two days. Oh, my gosh. SubhanAllah. All right, folks. Jazakumullah khairan subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik wal asr innal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilus salihat wa tawassaw bil haqq wa tawassaw bis sabr assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi